I'm only one second. I'll wait two Long seconds. Long Talk Radio. Wow. There we go. Mm. Wine. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry since featuring all wine about maker. wine. Hmm. Why don't we uh, expert? Well, let's hit the intro there and let's get it. Re- let's continue. This. Is all about wine. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. That's enough. That's enough. We know Mike's back and everybody's happy, but that's enough. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah the, Mike's uh, back. With us. I was playing the uh, the video version, and then all of a sudden the uh, the Blog Talk Radio version started. I don't know what happened, because uh, I heard it come from someplace else. I don't know where where it was from. Uh, this is not mixed up right. Um, very strange. So let me uh, make sure it's tuned out. Anyway, I didn't know if you couldn't hear it and you hit the play button or if it was on on my end somewhere. But definitely two two versions ran, and then I uh, when it when the version that's playing from someplace else caught up to where the video was, I just finished playing the video version. <laughs> there you so, go. Right. Was, so, uh, and they were running in sync for just about most of it, but I don't know where that was coming from. Um, anyway, it is July uh, 13th, which wow. is the National Day of uh, All About Wine. I don't know. I'm th- trying to it's it. Free Fries Day. Free What? I didn't free, get free Fries. Fries Day. Let me, I, I saved oh, that wow. tab. Let me see if I can hmm. find a tab here because I saved that. I got so many tabs open for this show tonight that it's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is from the Today Show uh, on NBC, I think. Yeah. Uh, it says. Wendy's and or how to get free fries from McDonald's, Wendy's, and more. Free fries everywhere, and all of them are free. Thanks to the great, to this great nation's tradition of celebrating National French Fry Day, there are several ways to score yourself a heap of your favorite deep dish potato sticks for free this week. On July 13th, National French Fry Day begin, a season begins. Season, they say, hmm. when fast food change, large and small, are asking fans to visit starting on that fateful day in a bid to celebrate the king of all sides. From some of America's biggest fast food chains, 
to regional favorites and even a ketchup company. There are even more ways to celebrate today without putting a dent in your wallet. Okay, and then it goes on. McDonald's is offering free fries any size for one day only, July 13th, all free. No purchase necessary at participating locations, one per customer. So you can go to McDonald's and say, I like the free fries, please, and they will give you some. That's, I don't know, I guess till midnight. I don't know how long that runs. Smashburger, <laughs> that's a regional one, I guess. I've never heard of Smashburger. Uh, they get a choice of smash fries, french fries, or sweet potato fries uh, in store or via Smashburger's website or their app. Where's Smashburger? I've never heard of Smashburger. Hmm. Uh, I think I've eaten it. Let me see. Checking that out. Of course. S M S M A S H Smash Burgers. Uh, hmm. Yeah, they're Smash Burger. Uh, okay, they are located. It looks like in uh, Pinellas. Um, there's a uh, one in near Pinellas Park in St. Petersburg. Really, um, they're there's here? one. Mm-hmm. There's one. Looks like it's off of Del Mabry in Tampa, going towards wow. McDill Air Force Base. Uh, and there are three. It looks like in Orlando area. Um, yeah, up towards uh, one of the, oh, the the northern airport. I forgot what it was called. What's it called? Uh, Oroil. And that's about it, as far as I could tell. Wow. But uh, Smashburger. Huh. Never heard of them. <clears throat> oh well. Uh, let's see. On July 13th, Heinz is teaming up with Uber Eats to offer $5.70 off orders that include French fries to help you cover the bill. So Heinz is offering $5.70 discount uh, if you get it through Uber Eats. Hooters is also offering um, National French Fry Day offering of uh Free curly fries, waffle fries, or tater tots with any entree. White Castle uh, is, uh, uh, let's see, what is it? White Castle celebrating holiday on July 13th with a convenient coupon redeemable for a buy one, get one free small fries at local participating locations. Uh, Carl's and Carl's Jr. and Hardee's, both owned by the same people, is offering, let's see, what is it? Received a daily and app for a small fry with a minimum purchase. Small fry with a minimum purchase of a dollar. And if you have the app, the deal will appear every day until the last day of the year. Hmm. Wendy's is offering free fries with any in-app purchase. So that's always cool. And this last one here, Checkers and Rallies. It's owned by the same chain. Checkers bought out Rallies a few years ago. But it says the drive-through restaurant chain 
petitioned to change the date of National Friday last year from July 13th, which happened on Wednesday, to the second Friday of July, likely in a bid to usher in the weekend in a salty style. The change request was actually granted by National Calendar uh, by National Day Calendar. I'm going to have to look up the National Day Calendar see what that's all about too. Which means that technically National French Friday this year is July 14th. Looks like none of the other restaurants got the got the note on that. <laughs> to commemorate and celebrate National French Friday 2023, checkers and rallies will be offering a free order of extra large fries between July 14th and July 16th for all checker reward app members. Well, I'll tell you what you need, you need to get on these apps. It looks like that's where the that's where the rewards are. And it says, additionally, checkers and rallies are extending the Friday love throughout the entire month by offering $1 fries of any size from July 24th to August the 6th at participating locations. So, National Friday today or not, depending, because actually it was changed last year by a petition from checkers and rallies and the national day calendar accepted that. So national Friday is either today or tomorrow or the last Friday of, or the second Friday of July. So there you go. But after the show, run out and get yourself some fries before it gets too late. Those on the West coast, you still have a few hours. Those on the East coast, you can, Finish this in the show at 8 o'clock. The shows are still open. So there you go. National Friday today. F-R-Y, not Fry, F-R-I. Okay, let me see here. What else do we have? Uh, nothing of any importance as far as holidays or anything else going on. I hope everyone had a safe 4th of July. Going on vacation up to the northeast corner of the state and enjoyed our Florida rain for three days. <laughs> yes, it was exciting. And, yeah, and we, we were in drought this side of the state and the center of the state, and so Mike had to go and see what rain looked like, so we took on yeah, I just missed it. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> That's good. Speaking of Mike, tune in tomorrow night to... That is tomorrow, yeah. Tune in tomorrow night to yes. Flightline Radio, flightlineradio.com. And uh, Mike will be live from 7 to 9 p.m., taking requests and chit-chatting online with you. So you can tune that in. Or you can listen to flightlineradio.com anytime, anywhere, because it's yeah. streaming 24-7. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Chuck. Check that out if you haven't done so already. Uh, and uh, you can always <laughs> go into his website. He's uh, flightlineradio.com has got areas there where you can make comments. So you can always put comments to him if you enjoy the show or listen to him live and talk to him then. Or you can even drop him a line on Facebook tonight because he monitors all that stuff. So if you have something to say about Flightline Radio, you can do that on our 
um, Facebook page. So, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All sorts of possibilities. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was listening to Fight Line Radio that day. I, I, you know, I, I, what I really do, and I do this quite often, I just tune in Fight Line Radio and put the headphones on and sit and listen to it while I'm reading information for the show or catching up on emails or, you know, thumbing through Facebook and all that. It's just a nice background for me. And, you know, here's some tunes I haven't heard in a long time and some of them I wish I hadn't heard in a long time. And uh, yeah. just... Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I listen, listen on the way home from work and I'll, I'll tune in and I'll, I'll hear a track and I go, you know... I really got to remove that from the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking that. Oh my gosh, what, the, what, the, <laughs> what in the world is this world coming to? But yeah, no, yeah. but yeah. It, it's it's fun. a work in, it's, work in progress. Work in progress. Continuous, continuous <laughs> yeah. work in progress. <laughs> just like, just like all about wine. Just like, the show. Just like the show. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing it for 13, 14 years. It's still a work in progress. Yeah. Yep. Still finding new things and uh yeah, making adjustments yeah. as we needed. But uh yeah. Continue continues uh, still going. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I've got some news uh for you, some some wine related news, things I've found that I think that you might find interesting. And that's why I uh, did it. Oh, Paperboy wine bottle. That and the other company that does uh, paper bottles. I wrote them both. You know, paper. Uh, what is that? I wrote them both emails asking if they were aware of the other, if it's the same company, or I haven't heard anything from either one of them. I have no idea if they're if they're ignoring me or if. They, I don't know, but I introduced myself as all about wine, so that I talked about them on the show, and I was wondering if they were aware, of, you know, of each other, and you know, please get in touch with me, and you know, like to have like them, like to have them on the show to talk about the paper bottle. Never answer from either one of them, so I don't know if it's just somebody monitoring it and just wiped it out or what went on, but. I'll try it again this week. Send him another email and see hmm. if I hear. That's. I just thought that was strange that they didn't respond. But you know, there's times when I'll get an email and it'll slip me past me and I don't notice it, and all of a sudden I went, "Oh my gosh, this came in last week." And I'll uh, hmm. answer it. So let's hope that that's what comes up. I have not finished reading an article and researching it on how. A human smell receptors works. They finally found the whole key to it. So I'm trying to get it so I can talk about it without all the. It's the articles are too scientific, I think, and they really need to tone it down because they, although some of the words has to be used to describe some of the things, but still. So I will finish that and get more information on it for you. And then also I'm working through a symposium on regenerative viticulture, which we will talk about that. 
And I found an interview with Natalie McLean while I was going through stuff. Natalie was a guest on the show, what, six, eight months ago, maybe even more now. I, I really lose track of time. Uh, somebody will talk to us, and all of a sudden I'll say, oh, they talked to us three weeks ago, and it's been three months, so it's it's hard to keep track. But Natalie was interesting. She's uh, been involved with wine and sommelier and have written a couple of books, but she has a new book out. And I, she wrote me about it uh, about a month ago, and I wrote her back and said, yeah, we'd love to have you on the show and talk about your new book and how things have been going and all that. I haven't heard from her. So I'll send her another email. We had, her, we had her. We had her. When did you think it was? <laughs> I, was I was thinking, you know, six, eight months ago. Ooh, okay. Um, February oh. 25th, 2021. Oh, my gosh. What is this? Oh my gosh! Two, two years and six months. Yeah, I just looked at it. I'm thinking oh, it'll show up pretty quick, and there it is. Wow! Wow! February 25th, 2021. Huh? Wow. Okay. I didn't I realize it was that, that long ago. I I didn't even think it was yeah. past 23. I was thinking the beginning of this year or something. Hmm. Yeah, seems wow. like it. Wow. But um, yeah. Um, well, that's what I say. I lose track. I talk to people and I just I totally yep. lose track. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, she has a new book. In fact, mm-hmm. when we talked to her back then a couple of years ago, she said something about the fact that she was writing a, another book. And I said, sure. I said, when you get it done, let's get you back on the show. And she said she would love to. And actually, she wrote me. I, it wasn't me that was writing her first. She wrote me and said, my book is done. You know, Would you like me to be on it? And I wrote her back and said, yes, I would love to. And I hadn't heard from her. And then I saw this interview, just a little short question and answer thing. And it reminded me of her new book and all that. And so I wrote her and I said, you know, I'd love to have you on the show. I haven't heard from her either. And speaking of not hearing from people, the... American Grape Symposium that was on, that I caught the uh, uh, podcast mm-hmm. on, which was phenomenal, I thought. I wrote those two guys, and I haven't heard back from them either. So I guess I'm going to have to write, what, one, two, three, four, five new emails over the next couple of days and see if I can't get a hold of any of these people and get a response from them. I want to write them nasty emails and say, hey, you know, you answer your bloody emails and get back with me because you know it's being floated around is uh irritating but sometimes <laughs> i miss people's emails too so i sh- shouldn't say that so so natalie is is on there and let's see okay here we go i got some news for you this first one here is more than a year into the russian invasion ukraine's wine industry assesses the damage 13 months plus since it started, and it's been going on now, actually in the north areas and stuff like that, more so than anything. It actually started on February 24, 2022. Uh, Venter, sommeliers, and grape growers uh, left their sellers to enlist in the country's defense. A lot of people 
Uh, due to Ukraine's sprawling geography, it says in this article, and Russia's early invasion uh, and the annexation of the Crimean Peninsula, many of the wineries quickly found themselves on the front lines because a lot of the wineries are located down in, in Crimea and, and that area. So I can understand. Uh, but uh, let's see. Art Winery, the country's largest maker of sparkling wine, uh, previously produced as many as 19 million bottles annually of sparkling wine. They, they used the traditional method of uh, making sparkling wine. But they're located in Bakhmut, B-A-K-H-M-U-T, Bakhmut. And that's where there's been a lot of fighting from both sides, uh, the Russians and Ukrainians. And so it's it's been tough. They said uh, just about everything is destroyed there. And before the conflict, when it, before they got to that part, Art Winery managed to move something like 5 million bottles of their uh, wines, sparkling all that, to new warehouses near Odessa, which is away from the fighting. But they said that they left the majority of the stock behind. And also, this is what I thought was interesting, they have miles of wine cellars underground where they are keeping the older vintages. And they don't know what's happening to them. They don't know if they've been overran with soldiers, if people have gotten down there and destroyed them, if it's been protected uh, they just uh, don't know what's happened to the underground. They do know the production facilities have been completely destroyed. And uh, they said the destruction goes beyond the buildings. This is over the last year. Many of the country's winemakers, growers, and sommeliers have been killed by the Russian aggression. Some fell in battle after enlisting, and others uh, were killed by Russian bombs that uh, you hear about whenever you hear the bombs going off behind front lines. And it says the local merchants uh, and markets for wine have been destroyed. A lot of those have. And uh, they're also the ones that haven't been destroyed. People are not inspired to go out and buy and enjoy wine. It's not the primary thing. Uh, and if they do go out to these areas where the businesses are, they're afraid of rockets coming in because that's where the rockets are aimed. That's nasty. That's nasty of anybody. I've always, you know, thought that that was pretty nasty to hit the civilians. But, yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, the consumption with Ukrainian wine has really decreased. And uh, in Ukraine, they say that wine is a festive drink, and because of the situation, it's it's not a festive time there. So that has been affected there. Also, the bombs and martyr fire have uh, blasted a lot of the vineyards, uh, and there's a lot of vineyards that have landmines planted in them that were uh, 
put in by retreating Russian troops. And so this is, makes it extremely dangerous uh, to go into the vineyard until they're demined. And that could take years. Uh, they're still, still finding mines in Vietnam that were planted. I mean, you know, that war has been over for 50 years. We just celebrated the 50th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam, and they're still finding mines there. So uh, this is mines in the vineyards are, are uh, just, you know, stops the vineyards completely. But there are still some that are working. Ukrainian Winemaking Reconstruction Fund, and uh, those are, that's going on. It says only donations have arrived from North America so far. So, you know, yay for North America. Um, but it's tough. It's tough over there for the wineries uh, uh, and the wine people. Uh, the war, as you can imagine, it's you know they're trying to keep it going and all that. If nothing else, at least save the vineyards and get those so they're not destroyed. But again, that's happening on some of those. So that's report with wineries and wine in the Ukraine. Uh, not a good thing. Uh, basically, they're saying that. Uh, they're uh, they're glad they're still alive, and uh, some of the vineyards and all that are still in good shape. So overall, hopes are up, but we'll see. So okay, next thing: editing grapes, editing genomes in grapes so that they are resistant to diseases. I think this is a great idea. I, uh, I think it's a fantastic thing to do, and it's starting to become more and more uh, of, of research and happening. Right now, they're looking at the biggest problems like powdery mildew disease, which is pretty much what it sounds like. It's a mildew and sort of looks like powder on the legs and just destroys the grapes. Uh, so they're looking at something that they can do on the genetic level to stop that. And so, uh, the, you know, it, it's good. A good example of this powdery mildew is more active in humid areas with lower temperatures, areas like phosphorophores and Sonoma and stuff like that. And... In uh, Monterey County, for example, they spray the vines 10 to 11 times every season to try to stop powdery mildew. Uh, and Pasaropos, I said Pasaropos. And Pasaropos, I read that here, and that's what I said. Pasaropos vines are only sprayed three to four times a year because they're a little bit drier. So if they can find a genome to stop that, then they can put it in the grapevine and it will be uh, super grape, if you will. Uh, so that's what they're looking at. But let me, let me read you 
this, uh, this paragraph says, after creating a genetic maps for more than 20 vitus families, the vitus vinifera, that's you know, the grape you're used to, after creating genetic maps for 20 vitus families during the vitus gen 2 project, researchers working on vitus gen 3 are now using the data to choose and test candidate genes that are responsible for mildew resistance. Okay, they're pulling out these genes. Using gene editing technologies like CRISPR, and I had a show on CRISPR, well, probably about 30 years ago, as much as I am so bad on the timeline here. Uh, we had a show on CRISPR a few years ago. The researchers will remove those candidate genes and insert them into other grapevines and then test them against powdery mildew to see how they respond. They will find the gene that is resistant to powdery mildew and transfer it to another. The goal is to better understand the gene's functions, similarities, and differences, which will allow them to isolate favorable characteristics and possibly lead to a super resistant super grape. All right, so uh, it continues on. This super grape research could then be used to help breeders develop a grapevine that's disease resistant and not only to powdery mildew. Then those susceptible but popular grapes could possibly be tweaked to be more resistant to a variety of things. So I don't have a problem with this at all. Uh, if they can find grapevines that are resistant to stuff and not lose their basic characteristics. And this is the thing more than anything when they start doing this. They have to maintain their varietal character because if they don't, then it's all for naught. And it has to be the same quality that they always had. Now I found another article here. I don't know if I was gonna talk about it tonight. Or not? Uh, I don't know if it's here or not. But uh, the different clones of grapes that are being used. There's like, oh my gosh, so many different clones for so many different grapes, and they have kept their same characteristic, and they have been bred with other grapevines to create characteristics. This CRISPR and genetic editing is basically the same thing, only it's just done faster. So so I don't have any problem with it. Okay. So there you go. Keep that in mind. If I see anything else coming up about this stuff happening, I will pass it on to you. Um, it's working. This is going fast. This is... this. And cloning and, and or not cloning, but gene editing is really starting to catch hold of and uh, people are working on it. It's starting to show good results so far. So, oh, and you just walked in with my evening wine. Okay, what do we got here? Conundrum! Oh, I love a conundrum. This is, this is conundrum red. Uh, 
Conundrum White is fantastic. I don't know if you've ever had the Conundrum White, but I highly recommend it. And this is a Conundrum Red, and I highly, I've had this before, and I highly recommend this also. It says, California Red Wine blends unique. California Red Wine Blend, unique and original to the Wagner family of wine, product of California, USA. 2017 Conundrum, California, Charles F. Wagner, proprietor. That's what it says on the front label. And the back label says Conundrum, original California red wine, vented and bottled by the Conundrum Wines, Fairfield, California, at conundrumwines.com. Alcohol 14.6, you know, by volume. And then the government label and the UPC code. Um, or UPC bar. Very good. I love Conundrum. I love the Conundrum White. It's just really fantastic. I've had the Conundrum Red. It is also very good. I recommend both of them. If you haven't had them, I recommend both of them. I've got a screw cap on this. I see she didn't bring in the cap, but I, I see the threads on the top of the bottle here. Good for them. Let me see what this looks like here. Oh, a good purple, dark purple color on it. And uh, little, oh, I love that aroma. Little inkiness to the color, which is good. Oh, just a nice fruity aroma. Uh, plum. I'm picking up a lot of plum on this particular one tonight. Uh, it's uh, you can probably hear me swirl that on the table here. So I'll pick it up and do it so it's not so loud for you. Um. Yeah, picking up a lot of plumminess to that. Uh, legs are light. It's for those of you who are into the legs. Uh, not, not real strong on the legs. Wow, hardly, hardly not existent at all. That's really odd. Usually get some legs on it. Mmm, I love that aroma. I have to sit and sniff it every once in a while. Never judge one in your first sip, but always the second. That first one was great. There, I'm getting some legs on it. Oh, not bad leg. Slow moving, another wine. Very nice wine. Very. Uh, uh, I, I can't think of the word to describe it. It is velvety. Good balance. The tannins are just about where they should be. This is a 2017. We've had this in the rack for a while. So this is mellowed out a little bit. It's mellowed out absolutely perfectly well, I think. Good choice for tonight. It is, we're having roast beef. That's probably why she pulled this out. A little velvety taste to it. Uh, uh, Soft, lingering finish. It's got uh, some. Uh, oh, I don't know. Something else I'm trying to look for to describe it. I can't can't figure out what it is. If it comes to me, I'll say. Very good wine, though. Very good. Highly recommend it. Conundrum. 
they do a white and a red. I had a white for years. I used to tell people to buy the conundrum white all the time. Then they came out with the red. And they did an excellent job on this also. So, back to the program. Gene editing. Uh, uh, to me, a great, great idea. And if they can get grapevines that are grapes that taste the same as what they have now without any problems, then, you know, go for it. Make it easy on the farmers and less spraying and less all that stuff. I, I think that's great. Okay, let me go to the next one here and see what I've got on this. Why organic wine taste better? Now, this article by whom? Kathleen Wilcox out of Wine Searcher, which is a website. Out of Wine Searcher. I use Wine Searcher all the time, by the way. That's, that's really an interesting, interesting and informative web website, uh, wine, W-I-N-E dash searcher, S-E-A-R-C-H-E-R.com, wine searcher. Uh, great website. Check it out and, you know, put it in your favorites. It's, this says, usually when we talk about organic and biodynamic farming, we talk about how it's better for the planet, the health of the farm workers and the communities. Over the years, tens of thousands of lawsuits have been filed against companies like Monsanto. And Monsanto has shelled out $11 billion and counting to date over the noxious effects synthetic farming chemicals have on both environment and health of humans. And chemicals like Roundup, which is also suited, uh, are produced by Monsanto, and studies have demonstrated that organically and biodynamically farmed food and beverages are healthier, higher in antioxidants, nutrition, and polyphenols that other commercially than that you will find in other commercially farmed uh, products. But it says we are not primarily drinking wine as an active community service or as some sort of con constitution boosting elixir. We drink wine because it's yummy. And as it turns out, organically and biodynamically farmed wine appears to taste better too. It's always been my question, doesn't it, really? Multiple, uh, multiple studies of scores from Robert Parker, wine enthusiasts, and wine spectators have shown that organic wines perform better than their peers. Hmm. Now, there you go. Uh, it says, uh, professors at UCLA and KEDGE, Kedge Business School in Bordeaux, looked at 74,000 scores of wines produced in California from the three that I just mentioned and found that organically and or biodynamically certified wines earned 4.1% higher than the rest of the pack. So there you go. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into this whole article. It's very long. It starts talking about a lot of stuff, but it, it says that Chemical superiority is one reason, and uh, you know com the chemical composition of the wines. So different farming methods show a clear hierarchy of qu 
quality. Organic and biodynamic farming methods produce wines that are more expressive and more resilient to oxidation. So that's one area that goes on with that. I'm not going to read it off. And terror. It says the terror is organic farming leads to more pure terror and flavors because the terror is uh, giving the grapes uh, a better, uh, what's that sorry here, uh, flavors and grape essence are deeper and terror-driven in the wines. So uh, terror, if you don't know, is the French word terror, T-E-R-R-O-I-R, a French word meaning the effect of the soil, the air, the everything around uh, the soil and the grapevine to give it the best quality you can. No equivalent English word for it, uh, but you know we use terror. You hear different people talk about their terror, which is just the soil and everything. So. And they're saying that the terror has a lot to do with it, but it also, going organic and biodynamic, is better for the terror. And thoughtful farming, they said those who are going dynamic, uh, biodynamic and organic uh, have meticulous plans for each block to ensure that the growth of the vines uh, is at the maximum quality that they can and all that. So the farmers, they say, put a better effort into it. And the feel-good component, knowing that you are helping the earth and everything. So according to this article, it says that biodynamic and organic wines do actually taste better. Okay. I, I, I can't argue with them. Uh, they must know what they're doing. I am surprised that on blind tastings they can tell the difference, but maybe they can't. Maybe you just give it a higher score. So there you go. I've always said, is there a difference? Well, yes. According to this, there is a difference. Six new California AVAs are proposed, American Viticulture Areas, uh, and they are as follows. Carmel Coast, the Carmel Coast AVA will sit northwest of the Carmel Valley AVA, but it will still be completely within the Monterey AVA. And this one is a much cooler climate than the Carmel uh, Valley AVA because it's got the influence of the coast. Total of 4,127 acres, which is a little small, I mean, considering the size of some of the AVAs. And uh, it says that right now there are six growers working with Pinot Noir and Chardonnay on approximately 90 acres of vineyards. So that's the new, one of the new ones in California, the Carmel Coast AVA. Next one, the Con Contra Costa AVA. 
I lived in Contra Costa County, so this is right there where I used to live. Uh, this is uh, to establish a new viticulture region and change the boundaries for the Central Coast and San Francisco Coast AVAs. Okay, as it stands, the Contra Costa area would fall partially in both of those AVAs and partially in the undesignated area. So the boundary change will um, boundary change will place Contra Costa squarely in the Central Coast AVA and create more consistency between AVA boundaries. And uh, Contra Costa is you've got San Francisco and then across the Bay Bridge, you've got uh, Oakland and Berkeley, and then through a tunnel and over the hills there, you've got Contra Costa County, which really is a big difference in climate, a big difference in climate. Uh, it's much warmer than the cooler climates around the San Francisco Bay itself. You go over to Contra Costa County, and uh, it really makes a big difference. I I don't know. Is I don't think Winty and Concan and all those down Livermore are in Contra Costa County. I think they're. I can't think of the county, but I don't think they are. Uh, the new Contra Costa County AVA is one thousand six or one hundred sixty-seven thousand one hundred forty-six acres. And it has 1,700 acres of grapes being grown. And there are 14 wineries. I think maybe that does include uh, the, uh, hmm, I don't know. Zimbabwe is the most common. There's also Petit Syrah, Marverde, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and several other types. Another one, Crystal Springs of Napa Valley. Uh, this is the first one in Napa since Combsville was approved in 2011. Uh, the new Crystal Springs block will contain 4,000 acres with 230 acres planted at 30 vineyards. Wow, pretty a lot of vineyards included in there. Uh, it will border Old Howe Mountain Road to the east, St. Helena AVA to the south, the Calistoga AVA to the west, and the Howe Mountain AVA to the north. So it'll be right between all those. Crystal Springs of Napa Valley. Rancho Santa Fe AVA. Uh, 25 miles north of San Diego. And it used to grow eulipus trees for railroad ties. And those turned out that the eulipus trees was a terrible choice because the wood was too soft and it warped easily, so it did not work for railroad ties. It was abandoned and became a planned community with many homes designed. But in 2005, the co-owner of the Cove COV winery decided to plant Cabernet Sauvignon in the area, and it exploded for a wine region. Uh, now it's got 31 vineyards and on uh, 14 acres, and there is uh, the largest vineyard is 2,500 vines. So that is the uh, Rancho Santa Fe AVA. How big is that one? Uh, it doesn't say the 
size of it, and it tells what's there. And about five miles from the Pacific coast, so the average temperature is only 62 degrees. Uh, and the next one here is the San Luis Rey AVA. It will run from San Diego Riverside County border south to the towns of Oceanside and San Marcos. This is roughly the watershed for San Luis Rey River. And what is it? Uh, slightly over 98,000 acres with more than 256 acres planted by 44 growers. Wow, a lot of variety of grapes there. And the last one is the river, or the Winters Highlands AVA. And it spans two counties, Yolo and Solano. And it's a they says pinched between two geographical features, Rocky Ridge and the Vaca Mountains. And it's basically the Poudre Creek watershed. Uh, the gap between the mountains allows coastal influence to flow in. And nearby Lake Berryessa creates a lake effect that encourages cooler air to linger. Uh, let's see. Size. Oh, here it is. 7,296 acres with around 134 acres under vine on 10 properties. And another 60 acres for planting is planned. So there you go. Six new AVAs in California, uh, which we may see those pop up on bottles in a couple years. It's always the possibility of that. Okay. Let's see. The next one here is... Weather issues in Missouri. Now, the reason I saw this because I am originally from Missouri, and I've talked to a lot of wineries in Missouri and a lot of people there who are involved in the wine business and growing business. But weather issues in Missouri could wipe out nearly three-quarters of wine production. Oh, my gosh, three-quarters. It says... Uh, uh, Missouri's Ag Director says extreme weather has caused a 70% decline for the state's wine production this year. Uh, Chris, a female, says farmers have faced a perfect storm. Last year in December, we had a cold spell. The winter fluctuated a lot in the last three months of the year, and it really came at a bad time when the grapes would have been budding. Then in April, we had a late freeze, and... This is uh, the current drought caused a long-lasting damage. Currently concerned that some of those vines may not make it through this growing season and have to be replanted. And if they are replanted, they say it will take three to five years to come back to full production. This will have a long-term impact on wine production in the state of Missouri. Wow. Wow. Uh, it says that they're trying to import grapes from the northeast, but that region also experienced a late freeze, so they might not have enough grapes to share. So, wow, Missouri got, got hit this year. That's horrible. Okay, next one we have here. Which invasive species truly threatens the vineyards? We've talked about a lot of invasive species. first one here is the glassy-winged sharpshooter in the Zeglila aphasiosa, which is the disease that it carries, Pierce disease. That's how it is. 
And it says the the um, the bacterium. Here's how it works. The bacterium has the ability to colonize the water conducting system or the xylem of multiple plants through insect bites. They bite into the plant and start feeding on the sap and, and infects it. So uh, the next one, the Popilla Japan, uh, japonica, or the Japanese beetle. Uh, they said this is uh, the uh, it, it kills plants too. Uh, if you see any of these, report it to your uh, authorities, inspection authorities. And then the wood boring larva of the tiger longicorn beetle. And this is uh, is wood-eating insect whose larvae are passed from mulberry trees and Chinese mulberry, and they can also colonize other host plants, including grapevines. So there's the three that they listed. They didn't list the glass or uh, the um, uh, lanternfly spotted lanternfly. So. But those are the ones that they listed on here, and invasive species that are really causing problems on grapevines, and they need to be monitored, as they all say. Next one here. Oh, this this caught my eye. This is the headline says the myth about red wine and drinking in moderation isn't true. No amount of alcohol is good for your heart, says Heart Foundation. What? Okay. It says, it, it says, no amount of alcohol is good for your heart. The evidence is clear according to the Heart Foundation. Every drink counts with any type of amount of alcohol increasing the risk of heart disease and conditions. No matter where you are on the scale of alcohol consumption, less is better, says the medical director, Dr. Gary Devlin. The charity has updated its position statement to say that you should not drink. Now, this is coming out of Australia. They need to revamp that because Australia is starting to hurt. Consumption of wine in Australia while alcoholic beverages has really dropped, as it has in France. France is starting to say, why are we not selling that much? Maybe it's reports like this. Before I forget it, too, I saw something which was interesting. Craft beer, and I know we're all about wine, but I saw this, and I, I have to share this. Craft beer has big festivals around the country in the summer. It started a, a few years ago and obviously took a hit in 2020 during COVID. But gearing it back up again, and they have a uh, numerous festivals uh, around the country that are sponsored by craft beer. Well, I should say numerous festivals that were sponsored by craft beer because this year a lot of the craft beers have cut back. They're not sponsoring the festivals, they said the number of people attending and the cost for them is not feasible to continue doing it. So one of the biggest ones in Denver or outside of Denver, maybe Colorado Springs or something, I can't remember. But it's one of the biggest ones out west there. 
uh, craft beer company is not sponsoring it at all this year, and it's been canceled, as have other ones throughout the country. So craft beer festivals are dying, which is a sign that the craft beer itself is dying. It's taken it as a, a cue to start re examining the craft beer market. And they said there's so many of them that popped up and so many of them that are out there. And people tend to be not drinking as much of it now. And there, some smaller ones uh, are saying that they may be going out of business because they can't sustain themselves with the amount and volume of drinking. So just to let you know, uh, craft beer is starting to hurt. So if you're a craft beer fan, you need to get out and do your thing start drinking more because they are starting to hurt and it's being shown in the festivals that the craft beers are cutting down on. So, okay. Uh, this move comes after a cancer society study last year found that few Australians knew that alcohol could cause cancer. And so they're saying the more booze, the more cancer. That needs to be understood in the same way people understand that too much sunlight, UV rays, can cause cancer. Boy, they're just poor Australians being hit with this stuff. Alcohol was also found to be a leading risk factor for death and disease worldwide and was associated with nearly 1 in 10 deaths in people 15 to 49 years old. This is according to a 2018 study in the medical journal, The Lancet. Well, you know, I mean, 15 to 29-year-olds, this is understandable how many of them are attributed to the fact that I can do that here, holding my beer. I mean, (laughs) okay. Uh, So, uh, no safe level of drinking with any known health benefits outweighed by the adverse impact alcohol has on the body. So there you go. And then Dr. Jerry Devlin says, no matter where you are on the scale of alcohol consumption, less is better. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Jerry Devlin. And then tips to drink less. Have alcohol-free weeks and weekends wherever you can. Choose alcohol-free activities or make your usual activities alcohol-free. Drink slowly. For every drink of alcohol, have a drink of water or soda water. That would fill me up. That's that's ridiculous. Low and zero alcohol products may help some people to drink less alcohol if they are consumed in places of full strength drinks. Yeah, okay. There's some tips to drink less. Or sit down with a bottle of wine and ignore this whole thing here. Yeah, okay. There's been too many reports that it's good for you. And this this one comes out and they start doing that stuff and I just sort of go, yeah, okay. Uh, Spotted lanternflies looking at it's going to be plaguing Michigan wine industry, and they are being prepared. Kill it, squish it, smash it, get rid of it, stamp it out. Uh, 
the Commonwealth of New Jersey says, kill it. Stomp it out, says New Jersey. See it, squash it, report it, Michigan is saying now. Uh, it's right there in New Jer- or in uh, Pennsylvania working its way west. And Minnesota is a little, con- or Michigan is a little concerned that it might be there soon. So I will let you know if they do start showing up there. But right now they are being prepared for them. They think it's going to hit them fairly soon. Major floods in Chile's devastate seven regions. Wow. I, I mean, I, I hadn't heard that there was major floods there. Uh, Mali, um, Mali region has recorded uh, 156.6 millimeters of rainfall since the start of the severe weather on, uh, back in June. And the region's average annual rainfall is 735 millimeters, meaning that the region has experienced almost a quarter of what it normally gets in just six days. Uh, one person has died. 750 have been left isolated after roads were uh, cut out. Uh, roads have been cut in 40 locations. Power supplies, because of the rains, have been interrupted. An increase in the flow of the Maipo River is uh, cutting the supply of clean water to communities. And uh, disaster authorities have reported two people dead and at least six missing following the floods uh, in uh, Upper Chile. The regions of um, Maui and Baobao have been severely affected with vineyards being reported underwater, as well as areas of Valparaiso, Santiago Metropolitan, O'Higgins, New Bell, and Orcania. So, wow, I hadn't heard of the flooding in Chile. I usually do. I don't know why I missed this. But major, major flooding in Chile. Um, They are now... Southern Hemisphere, as you can realize, we are in the middle of summer and they're in the middle of winter. And so the grapes being underwater is not good for them, but if it dries off or drains off reasonably soon, it might not affect them as badly as if it were. They're they're probably dormant. might not affect them as badly as you might expect them to. Uh, Okay, what is this article? This article is about British Columbia smoke fires again. We're worried about smoke paint. Um, it's uh, airborne compounds that get on the grapevines, and you don't detect it until the batch is made. Uh, and it doesn't take much smoke to affect the grapes. So. We've had uh, smoke problems coming down all across the eastern United States from these fires up in Canada. So they're all concerned this year about smoke taint. We will continue to monitor that and see what's going on. Uh, British Columbia is also having uh, problems with smoke in uh the uh, fires up there hanging over the vineyards and stuff. 
So it's all over the, it's been all over the East Coast. Uh, we'll, again, monitor this and see if there's anything that's going to happen later in the year. Interesting article here by one of our past guests. This is by Gregory Jones. Uh, he came out with a weather and climate summary and forecast for uh, the rest of this year and in, into fall. And it's basically the western half of the United States. But he's showing that the heat is really up in a lot of the areas and that the drought is not really over. Everybody was so thrilled about the rains and all that, and he's predicting that it's not a good thing. And the sea surface temperature anomalies is, is up also, It's uh, which is not good for the formation of hurricanes and cyclones and all sorts of water problems. Also, we are getting in the particularly in Florida, but a little bit in the southeastern United States, we are getting dust from Africa uh, quite a bit. We're getting some very colorful sunrises and sunsets because of the dust. Uh, it seems odd that you would, we would get dust from the Sierra Desert, but that's how it works. So uh, that's what's happening on that uh, monthly temperature outlook. Texas is going to be above normal for the next month or two, uh, above average for south, well, all the south and up the east coast. And let's see, participation is going to be uh, average in that same area. And the seasonal temperature outlook, he's predicting hot, basically above normal temperatures. So, uh, I don't know if emails. I will do that. And let's see, what is this one? Let's see, this is one. Uh, oh, this is another another article about Paperboy, or not Paperboy, but about paper bottles. Uh, and the last one here is what? Oh, this just reads the headline, which is enough. The Australian government invests three million Australian dollar to improve no alcohol, low alcohol wines. Well, they better after their heart doctor or their charity is telling them that you shouldn't drink anything at all. Bless you. Uh, <laughs> so, so, that should take care of us for tonight. A lot of different odds and ends there for you, but, uh, Let's see, Australian $2,997,599 grant has been approved by the Australian government to add for the advancement of, of Australian lifestyle wines, which is the no-low category. And that's it. Mm. Wow. That's a lot of information. I was, uh, yeah, I think I got a lot of. Almost a page, page and a half here. Wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's see. What was I? I thought there was something here. I 
sometimes I write little questions down or things I need to respond, and I forgot. I don't see it in here. Uh, Okay. Well, it'll pop up uh, next next week probably. Um, Well, our next uh, speaking of next uh, week, our next show will be July the twentieth, which is uh, next Thursday, of course. On all about. Wait a minute. Something uh, am I not on here? Yeah. It doesn't show me uh, speaking. I'm here. Okay. Sh- yeah, it shows you talking, but. Uh, huh. Yeah, I can, I can hear you. Nope. I don't see it on the uh, broadcast thing that's um, mm-hmm. that's going out here, so I don't know. Oh. That's because the microphone was muted going out. Okay, now it's on. Oh, my gosh. What a. Such an amateur. <laughs> why why can I hear you? Oh. You can. Uh, that's going through the a voice, uh, like phone type of uh, interface, oh, but uh, okay. everything else goes through a mixer, and the mixer was on mute. So here I am. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> so our next show is going to be, for those of you who missed it, our next. I, right then I was just talking to you in Blog Talk Radio. Uh, <laughs> next show will be <laughs> July 20th. You know, that's what a week off does. A week, you take a week off. And, I know. Like, you oh just forget uh, everything you ever yeah. Being new again in the past 13 years is like starting over. Um, yeah. After one week. 7 p.m. Yeah, after one week. One week. Seven just wipes out 13 years of knowledge. Right. Just wiped away. All just wiped away. All that experience and everything. Yes. What is going on here? Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in as always, and I appreciate it. Um, whether it's archive or live, we appreciate it. And uh, if you'd like to be on a guest on the show, uh, as Ron mentioned, hold on. <coughs> See, I mute that for everybody else, but <laughs> I can't uh-huh. mute it for Blog Talk Radio this time. Um, visit the website, allaboutwinebtr.com. Look at uh, Be a Guest, and I think there's a, a link there. You can email allaboutwine101 at gmail.com. That'll go to Ron, and he will respond and uh, probably get you scheduled to, to be a guest on the show. If you're uh, representing the wine industry or, or, you know, we've had Gregory Jones on here and he, he does, he represents the industry in, in a way that affects more than just the wine industry, weather and climate, uh, you know, it's, it's global. So very different uh, industries and and personal lives rely on the weather. Look at it that way. But um, anyway, so if you're, you know, uh, some kind of connection to it in some way, uh, let us know. Again, uh, the email address is allaboutwine101 at gmail.com. And that'll do it. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks again. And tune in to FightlineRadio.com and listen to Mike tomorrow night and anytime. Thank you. All right. Thank you. See you all all next time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Be safe. Go. Thank you. Concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine. Can you hear it? I can't hear it. You can't hear it? No. Uh, hang on. Maybe that's why uh, earlier. Let me see if I can put this on here. Each at blogtalkradio.com forward slash yes. all about why. Yep. Can you hear it now? Yes. <laughs> no. Oh, Not now. Thank you. Okay. For listening, drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All About Wine. Okay. There you go. Now you heard it.
Very, yeah. very good. Uh, let me go back to turn this off there. Like, and uh, the green room. I guess I can go in there too. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.